Good afternoon and welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange, Leadership Tools and Strategies. So thrilled to have you in, happy to uh, have you joining us here in mid-May. Thrilled to have a wonderful guest today for our episode, Mark Fernandez, Chief Leadership Officer of the Luck Companies. As always, I'm Todd Greer, host of the Nonprofit Exchange and the Executive Director of Center Vision Leadership Foundation. We're so thrilled to have you in. We're just nearing the corner as the June issue of Nonprofit Performance Magazine will be launching. That issue is going to focus on some really important topics in the nonprofit world. One chief issue that we face is how do we understand giving moving forward into the next age of the nonprofit. So I want to encourage you, if you have an opportunity, take a look. You can see it at centervisionleadership.org slash magazine. As always, want to invite you in to join us when we go on to our Twitter chat. That's hashtag nonprofit chat. We do that every Thursday night at 9 p.m. We'll continue the conversation from today going forward on Thursday night at 9 as we think about values-based leadership. So without further ado, Mark Fernandez, so thrilled to have you in. How are you doing today? Great, Todd. How are you? I'm doing well. Marks, thank you so much for, for joining us. I, I know you are the chief leadership officer at the Luck Companies, but you're more than just that. Now, tell us if you would, for those that don't know you well, what else is going on in your world that you're doing here on behalf of the Luck Companies? Huh. It's a good question, Todd. Um, I like to think of the, the role. Obviously, it's an interesting title. Uh, not a lot. I think I, we found one other chief leadership officer in the U.S., and he's in Austin, Texas. Um, but what it does, Todd, is obviously shed light on um, the, the level of importance that we put on leadership. And we practice a particular model that we've been developing called values-based leadership. And in the context of doing good, making a difference in the lives of others, and doing well, uh, personal and business performance, we believe values-based leadership is how and why we do both. Mm. So we, um, we've been working on this model for six years. And my job as chief leadership officer is really twofold. One is um, to continue to evolve the model. So we're actually on values-based leadership 3.0 now. Oh, wow. uh, and working with, yeah, some different universities and subject matter experts on more of the positivity and well-being side of leadership. Yeah. We'd call it investing in self. Um, and so the continued work on that model is, is really one of my top three to five initiatives. And then taking that model, Todd, and implementing it inside our company walls through a team of, of leadership development partners, uh, through the HR team, and through the 100, we have about 150, 160 formal big L leaders, we say, in the company, mm -hmm. pushing it through them down into the other 750 leaders we have in the company. Because as you know, we say leadership is a choice, right? Not a title or position. So working inside the house, right, activating the model, and then our mission, as you know, is to take that model um, and ignite human potential through values-based leadership, positively impact lives around the world, and do things like your show here and take the opportunity 
uh, when it's made available to us to share the story out in the world. And we've stood up our, our we're in the process of standing up our own nonprofit uh, to do that in a more efficient, effective manner. That's fantastic. Mark, one of the things that you hit on here is you talk about values and you really have a great focus on leadership. So kudos to you and the organization for having that formal role of chief leadership officer. We're, we're seeing more C-level, uh, intriguing and different roles, the CMO, the CFO, obviously the COO, but not enough organizations have the CLO. So thank you for having that. And please uh, share our thank you with uh, uh, Charlie there. Uh, we're really appreciative of that model. Y you talk about values and leadership. And a lot of times what we hear is when people talk about values, they tend to appreciate the importance of values. Uh, what they tend to struggle with is they think it's squishy. Values are squishy. And how do I really implement those in my organization? H how did it take place there at Luck uh, as you guys began to implement the, the VBL program there? Yeah. Um, well, I can remember day one, Todd, because I was here. Yeah. when the idea and the ideology was introduced to us and it sounded a hundred percent squishy to me <laughs> um, as a self-proclaimed recovering jerk and I was one of the company presidents at the time all I could think about was who has time for this I got a business to run right so you think about right my own journey over the last 12 years sure. and and really kind of understanding what this is all about and I, when I think about um, how do you really link it together, probably one of the most compelling sentences that I remember reading was in the book Primal Leadership. Mm. It's a Goldman of emotional intelligence fame, Boyatzis uh, McKee wrote the book. And in the book, there's a line that says, what we value most deeply as human beings will move us most powerfully in work and in life. And what, what we understand about that now, Todd, is that every one of us has a set of values, right? Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, it's our deepest held beliefs about what is right and good. And then they serve as the guideposts for our life, how we filter the world and how we want to show up in the world. It's also the best version of us. Mm. So the extent that we can, as we would say, live, work, and lead aligned to those values, right? That, that is better going to position us to find our own voice, be a really, really great leader, and then help other people find theirs. And there's a lot of great science behind that. Mm -hmm. So what we know and understand today, and this is some new stuff, we believe that in the future of work, Todd, that leadership is an inside-out job. It's about who you are first and then what you know. Because that who you are, what you value, what you believe in, that will really dictate and move you most powerfully in work and life. And when all we've done the last 12 years is institutionalize and operationalize a set of values and then put them into a leadership model and push them out into the organization bits at, bits at a time. Mark, that's such a, a unique 
process that you guys have gone through, and it's very intentional. And I've seen that uh, my own self uh, as I've spent time uh, with you guys up there. I remember the first time that I walked into the headquarters, I remember seeing the values on the wall. And, and I have to tell you, it's not every day that I see a value humility on, on the halls of a major organization, major corporation like your own. And I remember seeing that and thinking, well, gosh, these values are emblazoned on the wall. Are they emblazoned in the lives of the people? And I think yeah. that's one of the things that has kept me very in tune with what's happening there at Luck is the fact that it's not just plaques on a wall. It's certainly in the life of the leadership. It's in the lifeblood of the organization. It's part of of the culture there. Absolutely. And, and now one of the things that you guys use, and I thought this was a really interesting model, you've got on the values-based leader uh, website, you use a target model, okay? And your target has three tiers, and one of them is purpose, one of them is behavior, and, and one of them is values. Mark, would you just kind of briefly walk us through what, what that means and how that functions in the life of an individual? Sure, Todd. So, and there's obviously there's a lot more complexity to that model relative to human being. That's what we understand today. Yeah. But in its in its simplest form, uh, the middle of the circle is values, right? That's what's inside of us. Okay. And what we basically do as human beings, so many people, Todd, have taken Myers Briggs and discs and insights, and that's that's personality style. And that's really a, uh, a snapshot of how you show up and behave every day. And the, the math that we like to think about is the extent to which you can align your behaviors with your values, right, to deliver on your purpose, right, your reason for being. That's what we called a life lived meaningfully well, a life lived aligned. So it's aligning your values and your behaviors to an end that helps you live your purpose. Lives live meaningfully well. Our definition of values-based leadership, another way to look at it, living, working, and leading in alignment with your core values, principles, beliefs, and purpose to in turn ignite the extraordinary potential in those around you. So that diagram, values, behaviors, purpose, it's about getting those three things aligned. Mm, that's an important thing. We, we oftentimes, we, we see the struggle with alignment in organizations. We, we tend to, to come at these things, especially in, in this 501c3 world or this nonprofit social benefit world. We have a great passion for a cause. Um, but there's a lot of times that our, our leadership is not aligned to that. There's a lot of times that our culture is not aligned to that. I, you've probably heard stories, and I know we all have, uh, of the organization where, where somebody says, gosh, man, they're such a fantastic organization from the outside, but they talk to that staff member on the inside, and they say, man, it's just a, it's just a mess yeah. internally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we, we, we all see those types of things, and I, I think that's – one of the things that's really exciting to me, I love the term igniter, and I think that uh, the usage that you guys have of igniting human potential. So if you're working with an individual marker, if you're working with an organization and you're helping them unlock their human potential, where do you really begin? I mean, 
this spade work of, of uncovering values, would that be your key uh, place to start? Yeah, you're not surprised, Todd. You get this stuff so well. You're all around it. You know, where we would start um, if we were helping an organization, because a lot of times they'll say, hey, can you help us with our leaders and our leadership? Well, the first question we would ask is, to what end, right? Yeah. Because leadership is not a one-size-fits-all proposition. And so to what end means let's start with making sure you articulate a mission or a purpose, right? Number one, why does your company exist? What difference does it want to make in the world? Mission. Vision, what's the clear and compelling picture of where you want to be in five years, right? Values, right? What are the four to six values and corresponding behaviors that if they become your culture, mm -hmm. right, will ensure that you achieve your vision and live your mission, right, on a daily basis. And then you also look down at strategy, goal, and objective, how you make money, and you do that also. And the last thing we would throw in are leadership competencies. What are the knowledge, skills, and abilities of your leaders, mm -hmm. right, to ensure the mission and the margin get met? We call that, Todd, step one, writing the code or the constitution of the company. Yeah. Now, once we know that, right, then it becomes, you know, for all intents and purposes, match.com. <laughs> now what you have to do is assess the leaders in place and say, how much of their being, how much of their soul, how much of what they value, believe in, and how they naturally show up every day lines up with the code and the soul of the company because all, all the research tells us the best way to change the culture is by the leaders going first and modeling the way. Well, what you described is so true. A company will say, oh, this is who we are and this is how we want to do business and this is who we want to be, but the leaders will be showing up 180 degrees from that. Mm -hmm. And the employees go, I don't get it. So you write that company code and then you address those leaders in place and see how well they personally align up with that code, um, coach the gap, get them modeling the way and then start working your way down in the organization. Those values for us, Todd, show up on everybody's performance reviews. We have several different recognition and reward programs for people that walk the talk as we would say. So not only are they on the wall, but they're, they're how you get rewarded, compensated, promoted, and evaluated. Yeah, yeah. I've long said, Mark, and, and I don't know if even this is something that you guys have talked about, it, but it's certainly there. We value what we celebrate. We yeah. value what we celebrate. You know, I, I look in so many organizations, uh, they talk about these values, and yet if we don't celebrate, uh, I, I know the uh, – Center for Positive Organizations at the University of Michigan would call it positive deviance. If we don't <laughs> celebrate positive deviance, then how does that begin to permeate the organization? So that's, that's a great point. Uh, let me ask you a question here because this is always one of those touching points. Uh, we've probably all heard the adage about getting the right people on the bus. First, get all the right, get the right people on the bus. Mark, you were talking about as you guys go in and you you utilize the values-based leader model, 
with an organization. You talk about kind of writing that code and starting there, starting in that that leadership realm, and that's that capital L leadership realm. But ultimately, if we want a culture to be a fit, if we want culture to exist and thrive, doesn't it ultimately come with us engaging that onboarding of people who get that value as well? So, so ask that one more time, Todd. Sorry, you were breaking up. So if we're trying to like not not leave culture to chance, right? Because yeah, culture yeah, will happen, right? Yeah, Whether if we're you want, going to uh, have it exist in our organization, it's going to take bringing the right people in, right? There you go. Yeah, you get so there you go, right? And that and the leaders have to go first. So we're it's a it's a mixed emotion that we have around this, Todd. But yeah, we've um, and these are all extraordinary people. But we've separated uh, with eleven officers over the last twelve years. And within the first couple years of adopting our values, there was probably four or so mm. that uh, we agreed, you know, extraordinary people loved them to death. But what, the way we would describe it, this was not their dance floor, mm. meaning what they valued and believed in was different than what we value and believe in as an organization. And bud, this is where the work gets hard. They can't stay. Okay, and so all the way back to your point where is this flowery and the and the answer is absolutely not, especially when the values are more than just words on a wall. Okay, and that's that's the only time I get on my soapbox out on stage around the world to say, this is actually really hard work. Be careful what you sign up for. Because not everyone is gonna be right the value and believe in the same thing that the organization does. And especially at the leader level, it is critical. Yeah, that's so, an interesting great. point. I was, I was thinking, Mark, about um, the stories that I've heard of, of these startups uh, as, as they grow beyond that founding team and, and they begin to onboard new people. They talk about, well, we just don't seem like the same kind of company that we used to be. And I think ultimately, this is what we're talking about, right? It's it's we're so busy onboarding people yes. that we're not getting the values piece right. There you go, Todd. And that's Todd, that's why we started this whole thing in the first place. We grew too fast. Yeah. So we were 300, we got up to 300 people by 1995, decided to grow the company. 5 6 years later, we were 12 1300 people, but we had no processes in place. We had not codified the values. And exactly what you're saying. We hired a bunch of extraordinary people, but not all of them, you know, their soul and our soul didn't match. And it got pretty dysfunctional. Yeah. And someone like me came into the company and said, write down what you want to change about the company. All the officers wrote a bunch of stuff down. The next question he asked was, how many of you wrote down yourself? Mm. And obviously the answer was none of us. And that's when we realized to get this right, the leaders had to go first. We didn't know to what end though, and that was the first time we ever documented our values. We wow. said, now we know values BBL 1.0, what type of leaders we wanted to be. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it was exactly like a startup. That's, it's such an interesting thing, and I think a lot of times, um, people who are in a situation where the funding is not there, or the growth isn't there, they're quick to say, oh gosh, I wish I had that problem. Um, and I think 
there's some point at which they say, well, yeah, I wish we grew so fast that we didn't have that issue. And yet what you're dealing with is a very real issue. You know, when we yeah. talk about organizations that grow and, and have sustained growth, we're talking about organizations that get this fit. They get that value orientation, the value yeah. congruence between the individual and the organization. So that's great. Yeah. I think, Todd, a lot of, I don't know what the percentage is, but I think a lot of organizations do implode because, because they lose their sense of self. They forget why they started the whole thing in the first place. They forget what they stood for. And then all of a sudden the money gets tight. They start chasing the money. And they turn around someday, and they don't they don't recognize who they are anymore. Mark, I'm going to use that as a jumping off point because I think what you said there is really interesting. We a lot of times in the nonprofit world we talk about mission creep. Okay, we talk about chasing the money in an organization where uh, you know we start out with a cause and a purpose, and then what happens is we start looking around and we see oh there's a grant over there that uh, right. it would cause us to to make this slight step out and then there's oh there's a donor over here who says he'll give a million dollars if we do x y and z and and before we know it <laughs> where are we Lost where are we yeah you got it you got it todd so here we are i mean you obviously you've worked in a number of different environments you've worked with organizations of all different shapes and sizes and different types if if a nonprofit leader is sitting here and Mark is saying, gosh, you know, I, I recognize that this is a gap in our organization and I recognize that the gap starts with me, what would you encourage them to do or how can they get in touch with the values-based leader program and really begin to think about, as you put it, igniting human potential? You know, step one, Todd, because the work is really hard. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's on yourself, my own journey, right, recovering jerk, um, or the work that you're going to do in the organization, it, it's the hardest work you'll ever do. And I've been a company president, and I've launched businesses and rebranded and done all kinds of things. And this has been the most challenging thing that I've personally ever done. Yeah. So before you think about embarking on something like this, you really need to know what you're signing up for because it's not, right, cotton candy and roses. Yeah. Um, the second is, do you really buy, I, I love the Simon Sinek quote, so go the leaders, so go the culture, so go the culture, so go the company, mm -hmm. profit or nonprofit. Mm -hmm. you know, do you really subscribe to the fact as a leader that it's, it's not them, it's you, yeah. right? That it, the work has to start with you and that the, the culture is going to become a shadow of the leaders. And so what work is it that you have to do and your top leaders have to do and then the next level down have to do in your nonprofit or for-profit to move the bow of the boat in the direction that you want it to go, right? And then what is that direction? Leadership and culture to what end, like we described. Mm -hmm. and, and Todd, I believe, much like we reached out, we had someone work with us for four years. Yeah. Uh, when we first started our journey, and it was baby steps. I mean, we're way, way advanced now in the work that we're doing, and we're still learning every day, obviously. But from first realizing that the problem was us, the leaders, to beginning our work on selves, writing our values, sharing them with the company, 
right? And then letting the organization start to develop one or two processes. That was like five years worth of work, just that little bit right there. And there are, whether it's us, we do the work now with other companies, right, under the valuesbaseleader.com, um, and now the nonprofit called Inner Will. Um, we do this type of work with organizations, but if folks reach out to you or me, we know a lot of other folks around the co country um, that do similar work to help organizations uh, take this journey. Yeah. But I think you need, you need a witness, okay. you need a third party. Yeah. I want to touch on something you said because this is a really interesting thing. I think a lot of times we get so excited about that that next thing, whatever that next thing is, and we want to huh. – and it, what I heard from you is there ain't no shortcut to this. There ain't no shortcut. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. There, yeah. there is not a shortcut. So you're talking about in, in, in really seeking – a, a transformation you're talking about a couple year journey is that how I understand it uh, it is Todd and what I think the good news is years ago um, when we used to think about changing a culture you used to hear it takes five to seven years it takes seven to ten years I believe with everything we know now and all the amazing research that's being done with you know places like the Hay Group and Kuzis and Posner um, that we can, we can do it in three years-ish, at least start moving an organization toward a high-performing workforce. Um, that, that the time is shorter, I don't think that it gets much shorter than that, though. Yeah. I think there's a lot of work to do up front in step one to really to what end, then you're going to spend another year really assessing the leaders that you have in place in the organization. By the third year, you've probably moved some pieces and parts around and put some process in place, and you're going to really start seeing things. Absolutely. And then it never ends. Yeah, I was going to say, and that's that. I think that's the the other piece to this is is even once you get it implemented, the the process of of maintaining and growing. Oh yeah, uh, such a significant factor to yeah. this. Yeah, just forget growing, just maintaining. Human yeah. beings, we are really messy creatures, gloriously messy creatures, and we want to do what's called go home. So I want to go back to being a jerk today, still, twelve years later. Uh, but I know that's not going to serve me well as a leader and a husband, as a friend. But my natural inclination, especially when my stress goes up and my awareness goes down, I want to go home. I want to go back to the core. Mm. And constantly working on that, it's a, it, that's why it's called a journey. Mm. It's not a destination. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I think this is something that's very tangible for us as leaders in any organizational type is, is to really process through and think about. And I, I love where it starts with us. It starts with us as the leader to think about who we are, where we're at on this journey, and really, as you put it, codify uh, that 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 framework of, of what is it going to look like. Uh, this is this is significant information, Mark, and, and let me say thank you to you guys for for going through this journey. I think um, anytime you go through a journey and you come out on the other side, there there's something about being able to be. Uh, the the guide for somebody else's journey and i appreciate that you guys are are doing that you're you're making this information accessible 
Um, and folks, if you're watching right now, obviously on the on the page that you're watching on, you'll be able to see some links to Mark and Mark's work. If if you would like to to get in and, and learn more about the values-based leader model, if you'd like to see about the igniter, uh, you have it as an app now, right? Right, right Mark? We do, Todd. Yeah, we do. It's in the it's in the app store and it's also on the site. Awesome. Awesome. So this is information that that the luck companies through their synthesis of this journey have been able to make accessible to you as you think about this in your own journey. I know uh, if you if you look for Mark's name, you're going to find him. He's going to be speaking in a lot of different places. And I believe are, are, you have a, a gig in uh, with Kuzis and Posner later on this year, right? Yeah. So they have, you know, and they're speaking of them, Todd. A lot of folks ask, what books do you read? Yeah. And that's the book that we start all of our leaders with is their seminal book, The Leadership Challenge. I think it's in its fifth edition. But that is, we, we call it our monthly program. And to get into the big L, the formal leadership around here, you have to go through that program. That book is so fundamentally strong. And their framework uh, is one that's built on values yeah. and then ultimately built on, right, loving your associates. And it's really, really good. So we are, we're speaking for the second year at their forum in San Francisco. I believe it's in June, the Leadership Challenge Forum. And that's a great place, folks, if you want not only to see Mark and uh, to see what he's talking about here, but you'll be able to find a deeper uh, and fuller conversation with more voices in and around this values and leader uh, and leadership realm. So this is a great opportunity. Folks, I, you, you've got to check out Mark's work. You've got to check out what they're doing. This is an authentic journey that this organization has been on. This isn't a group of people who are telling you to do something that's okay. medicine that they couldn't take themselves. They, they, they dealt the hard thing first, and, and they're asking you uh, to join them on this journey because it's tough and it's challenging, but ultimately you will come out and you will be amazed at the changes. Mark, again, I always appreciate the opportunity to talk with you. Uh, there's so much that you've got going on that you are, are teaching, and thank you for, for being a pioneer in this value-based values -based leader realm and for uh, charting the course for us. Well, thank you for what you're doing, Todd. Obviously, the work of the nonprofit world is is very important, if not the most important work that's going on out there right now. And we believe that leadership is the keys to the kingdom. And so what you all have going on is, I think, critically important. So thanks for providing a megaphone for us. And please continue, continue to let us know how we can support you guys in your work, because it is really good work. Absolutely. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate it very much. Folks, want to encourage you, check us out Thursday night on hashtag Nonprofit chat. That's at 9 p.m. Thursday night. Uh, that's Thursday. That's the Eastern time zone. Uh, please join us for that. We'll be talking more in depth about the values-based leader model. We'll be talking about how do we begin to take on these things as you, as our audience, as all of us join together and we ask the tough questions. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you being in. Have a wonderful day. Thanks. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.